I feel like you guys, one of you guys should do an intro. Should we do like an intro theme with like some music? All right. Welcome to all those looking on. This is uh, Marshall Street crossed with Future Artist Development for the first time, but it won't be the yes. last time. That's for sure. Yep. So Studio welcome. Hangs. I'm Stu. I am the uh, head engineer of Marshall Street Studios. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Sure thing. I'm Steve. I am the uh, owner and uh, runner of Future Artist Development. And I'm Bennett, owner of Marshall Street Studios in Melbourne. Nice. So we, uh, we kind of thought it would be a good idea while we're in lockdown um, to connect and have a chat about kind of uh, anything to do with, you know, the music industry and, um, you know, our knowledge combined, we can pretty much take over the world. So, you know, that's what we thought we'd do starting here. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's also good for us to fucking catch up with the three of each other and talk about music and what's currently happening. Um, obviously, being in Victoria, we're all in lockdown at the moment, stage four, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, let's just get straight into it. Stewie, what have you been doing during lockdown? Uh, I've been doing a whole bunch of stuff. I've been um, making a whole bunch of music, using this time to kind of get back to my creative side. So just really trying to not put up any um, expectations of what I want to create musically and just really just go for it. So I've, I've already created like a drum and bass track. I started doing another track um, this morning and it was like kind of like loungy, slow drum and bass. I don't know if that's really a genre, but it's more, it's like using samples and um, you know, kind of like jazzy chords and all this sort of shit. So yeah, I've just been doing yeah, that, nice. bit of that, having a bit of fun with it and not really just um, putting any expectations on myself, just kind of being like, fuck, what do I, what do I want to do? <laughs> I'm just doing it. Yep. Nice. Very nice. Mm. What about you what guys? About you, Coach? How Me? you passing our ISO time? You still making any tunes? You being creative? Um, I've done a little bit. Um, I've got some stuff coming out in the next month or two, um, that I've done just with some collabs with different bands and stuff like that. But honestly, for the most part, I've been, uh, <laughs> watching a lot of paranormal documentaries, uh, a lot of documentaries about the Mandela effect, um, <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of rabbit hole stuff, to be honest. Just like, getting deep in conspiracy theories. Nice. Yeah, it's like not not COVID ones though. Like I'm not about the COVID conspiracy theory whatsoever. I but I love um I just love the YouTube rabbit hole. It's just a good time passer, especially for some like how do you say like because we do music all day every day. Um, sorry, I'm just gonna switch this sound off my phone because it just won't stop notifying. Um, yeah. So basically, um. Yeah, like I guess because we do music all day, every day for a living, um, this has been like a good opportunity to catch up on some other stuff that I'm interested in or want to get interested in or, uh, yeah, like I've always been into things like witchcraft and um, Alien hunting. I've been into like, 
What's that? Alien hunting. Alien hunting, Bigfoot. I've been watching a shitload of Bigfoot documentaries um, and just stuff like Dude, that. let's so that's do it. Pretty... What's that? Let's do it. I know Stu's in. Let's go find Bigfoot. Let's go. That's it. <laughs> uh, while you're on your mushroom search, you can try and find Bigfoot at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that sounds like a good afternoon. Oh, man. Imagine, uh, I just, uh, you know what I'm flashing back to right now? Pick of Destiny, Tenacious D. Yeah. <laughs> yep sasquatch <laughs> yep sasquatch but yeah literally that's all i've been doing just um and going for walks trying to stay as uh active as possible um but yeah like haven't really been doing a great deal of music stuff um been doing like consulting with a lot of bands because a bunch of bands are really confused with direction right now which is completely fair enough because i mean like you know who could have predicted this and how do you manage it and all that kind of stuff so i've still been doing that um but yeah that's pretty much been the extent of it so far marshall what about yourself um yeah i've been going for a heap of walks um i haven't been, didn't really do much much studio stuff for the first week um just kind of took some time off i still thought about it but didn't do anything practically um not like any hands-on real stuff um just kind of let things roll around the mind um and then been back at exercising a heap now with um some good kind of more routine just bringing things back in slowly um got a few things i want to do around the studios so just kind of planning for the next um kind of two weeks or so it's kind of taking the um six weeks in like two week stints like the first two weeks i was like just do fucking whatever like there was no fucking if i felt like being productive or doing something i was like sweet i'm gonna do it if not i was like fuck it i'll just go for a walk and fucking smoke a joint um and then like in this two weeks, like, but uh, yeah, so I've got kind of it blocked out that way. Um, aside from that, watching some baseball, baseball's back. Um, so that's always good. Yankees are beating up Boston, which is fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, Rise track banter actually is out Friday. That's probably more important than the Yankees. Um, so it, if you're listening. It, it came out. Banter, yeah, it's already out. Yeah. Um, which is dope. Um, getting some good traction and some good um, feedback. That's awesome. pretty much it. That's been the last fucking two weeks. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, it's um, definitely been uh, yeah, a change of pace, I think, for all three of us. Um, I feel like, you know, the three of us were pretty, uh, you know, go, 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 you know, all day, every day almost. And um, yeah, to kind of, you know, I guess for the three of us, um, you know, the first, when the first lockdown hit, it was like a, instant overnight you know it was like hitting a wall it was just like boom yeah stop. i feel it was like just like putting the brakes on just like a hard stop of the train and it was like we were we were all like yeah going 100 miles an hour and then just pull the brakes on it's like fuck all right yeah and, and don't get me wrong it was the the first i feel like in first iso it was definitely like a little bit of uh oh you know this is kind of welcomed you know we've been all been going so flat out that it was kind of like you finally got to catch your breath but you know um i feel like in this second one uh you know we were like we all got back to work for what a couple of months there and then um and then you know obviously stage three restrictions hit and then stage four restrictions so it's like this iso is a bit different in the sense it's like i feel like i've caught my breath and i'm ready to go and i'm just kind of on my tippy toes kind of like come on come on but it is what it is yeah. So what have you 
been um, kind of advising all of the people that you've been doing consultations with? So pretty much like to like, the best way I can describe it is right now, there isn't a light at the end of the tunnel, but that doesn't mean that you can't go driving through a dark tunnel. You know what I mean? So in, what I mean by that is like, you know, keep releasing material, uh, make sure that you're focusing on, you know, Spotify playlists, getting your music out to as many people as possible, building your online audience, because my theory is that there's going to be a lot of holes in the market coming out of this. We're already seeing it, bands breaking up, bands going on hiatus, um, you know, so this leaves an opportunity for a lot of local bands to kind of take the reins a bit, release as much as possible, get their stats up. Um, and then basically when they come out of this, where there are those gaps in the market, they'll be able to um, have a good shot at filling it because they've got some substantial content out there with some substantial statistics on there. Um, and that'll look good to promoters that are looking to fill rosters because they've lost bad, oh, sorry, um, management that are looking to fill rosters or booking agents that are looking to fill rosters because they've lost a lot during this time. Because let's face it, local bands actually stand to gain quite a lot out of this in the long run. But the bigger bands, or should I say doing 500 cap rooms, in my opinion, they're the bands that are going to be affected the most out of this. Yeah, I feel like um, the ones that are in that kind of middle period that, you know, they've got, you know, a big fan base, but not big enough to be playing, you know, massive festivals all the time and stuff like that. They're the ones that were on the road constantly touring, um, doing all that sort of stuff, making money off merch. Um, so yeah, that, that sort of thing would have been tough for those sorts of bands. Ben, I know that you were on tour with, um, between you and me when, uh, that first, um, lock lockdown happened. Tell us a bit about that. Um, yeah, that was fucking, um, that was in interesting. It pretty much just went from zero to nothing overnight over there. Zero to um, nothing. <laughs> I mean, zero to fucking everything. From zero to fucking nothing, Stewie. Um, nah, it just went from like, basically nothing you've heard. It Like, you'd heard of Corona before we left, but it wasn't something you're going to cancel a fucking trip or anything over. Um, then didn't hear much about it for a couple of weeks. Um, then I think it was the Atlanta show. Um, before that, some people were like, hey, any Australians in the touring party, um, you're going to need a quarantine for like fucking two weeks when you get back. And everyone was like, damn, we didn't fucking, hadn't even thought of it in that capacity. Um, and then now like, fuck, we're going to have to quarantine. Um, then Bassman drove overnight to fucking Ohio. Um, we get to Columbus and uh, go there. I think Jai just got to tour, so we got some new strings for him. Within about an hour and a half, like we were back in the bus, the tour had been canceled. Um, Ohio was in like a state of emergency. There was no people, no groups of like 10 people or so. Then we just had to get out to Canada um, where they were meant to record an album. And then pretty much fucking bunkered down in Canada for two weeks or so. Uh, and then fucking everyone evacuated and came back. So what was like the, yeah, what was the vibe? What did, how did everyone kind of feel? Cause they're a touring band. They're touring most, most months in the year, you know, when, they, when yeah. they're in the hot weather in America and Canada and stuff and Europe, they're over there. 
And then when it's um, nice weather, they're more playing more shows here. So what, what, how did they kind of take it and how do you imagine other bands have taken it that are at similar size to them? Oh, I've got no idea. You'd probably have to ask them. Yeah. Fair enough. But the, <laughs> the vibe, the vibe at the time though. Oh, at the time. Well, at the time we didn't know anything about it. We we're like, fuck, this is crazy. Um, to be honest, the fucking, the vibe initially was like, well, sweet. I mean, there is some fucking bands that didn't quite get along. We'll fucking say, um, and we're like, cool. Oh, I'll tour got fucking can, but there's a, they've got a, they were focusing on the album. Um, and then they were playing, I think it was short stack or meant to play the short stack tour after they got back. Yeah. And even then, like thinking that far ahead, I remember asking, um, one of the twins was like, yo, imagine if this, um, might've been, been Bassy. Hey man, imagine if this, um, affects the short stack shows. And it was like, even at that point when we were like going to fucking Canada, that was like laughable, laughable. like, nah, it'll be sorted by then. Mm. So yeah, it a lot's was fucking a lot's changed since I've fucking spoken to those lads. Like after we, after I left Canada, like, I mean, we've been in fucking quarantine. I speak with them over fucking, um, like Insta and shit. But aside from that, I came back straight to fucking two week quarantine. Um, then that was lockdown around one. Then we got out for a couple of weeks if you were allowed to work. And then now we're back in the stage four lockdown. So that was, we got back, I think end of March to now. Um, and it's been pretty much fucking quarantine isolation or fucking lockdown of some capacity mm. yeah man it's um it would have been really tough on a lot of bands that um you know were mid kind of yeah, have to say like mid uh generating incomes you know like tours and stuff like that like to get stopped you know right in the right in the heart of it um you know right in the heart of you know essentially a job you know what i mean like is a tour you know an entire tour is a job and um you know to get stopped right in the heart of that with all your plans and then to have all your future plans like you said like the short stack tour and all of that you know all your future work um well i, I guess it's the same for all of us postponed but with the constant postponement uh i guess you could say that it's a little bit more uncertain for bands than what it is for people like us, you know, like we know once we get to level two lockdown again, we can go back to work for the most part. Whereas like bands, for example, like, you know, how long are those tours going to be postponed and how long are they going to be out of work and all of that kind of stuff, you know? I think, yeah, uh, agreed. And it's going to be a while, but I think yeah. if artists are focusing on that, that's such a one dimensional frame of mind. Like that's one part of being an artist and like, yeah, guess what? There's not going to be fucking shows. It's like, yeah, if your business was putting 10,000 people in the room together five days out of fucking seven, yeah, this, this virus is going to fuck you up. Um, but I think artists, if you're focusing on that, you can just sit back and fucking cry about it all day. It's not going to change that they're not coming back in the next couple of years. We're just not going to have arena shows. There might even be a point when it's just fucking like the uh, elite roster of artists fucking flying around doing gigs, like just top tier artists, who knows? Um, but there's so much other shit that's going on online um, just to keep your band in front of people. Yeah, totally, man. Totally. And let's, and I was, th you know, what I was thinking today as well, I was like, do you know what genre will probably uh, flourish during this time of like no actual proper gigs? 
folk punk. Folk punk is probably going to, because they play in parks and they do stuff like that. And we're talking like big bands like uh, Days and Days. Uh, yeah, it's Days and Days. They're like, um, they're pretty massive, but like they'll go and play in a park. Uh, a park. Or I remember when I used to uh, work with D at C, he would go play in a park and there'd be like 400 kids rock up and things like that. It's a big outdoor space. They don't charge. Like I got a feeling stuff like that can kind of still go ahead and it's still profitable because like you can sell your merch and stuff like that. You might not charge, you know, or you can't really charge entry to a park. But, you know, when I was doing the stuff with D at C, um, he would play to, you know, four or 500 kids in a park and just announce it, you know, a couple of days before be like, um, what he, I think he used to call it D at Tree. Uh, a D at Tree show <laughs> and um, and yeah basically you know you get a whole heap of kids and I remember like Forever Ends here and with confidence used to do it back in the day as well um, I feel like there's still a capacity to do stuff like that you know um, because you're outdoors in a big space and you can do like you can still sell your merch but yeah I do agree that it is going to be one to two years before we start to see the return of those I think, sorry to, jump, sorry to jump in there. I think um, like that sort of stuff is dope and there's always ways to improvise. I think what it'll um, iron out with artists is do they know why they're doing shit? Like what's the purpose? What, do you, what, what, what are you getting out of that um, park gig towards your goal, your fucking, your monthly, your, whatever you're getting towards? Like have you quantified that as a fucking viable source as exposure if you're putting in all this work and stuff? Because like, yeah, there's those things they are dope and they build super fans um but they've got to be done at the right time with the right fucking interest everything otherwise it can be yeah. like you know a huge fucking waste of time um but it's um i forget where i was going with that what they're getting mm, out of it scratch that yeah uh so what they're yeah it'll make them look at what they're what they actually are doing stuff for like what they want out of these fucking events because um, I think we'll look at different ways of getting around the country. Like if it's just exposure, if you just want to be in person around the country, there's going to be other ways to do it. Um, you know, whether that's getting a sponsor in or tying up with a brand or do, doing listening shows in like um, apparel shops and stuff like that. Um, there's going to be new ways to get that exposure. If you know what you're looking for, if you're like, well, I need to meet these people in person in these cities. All right, let's go about a new way to do that. All right. I need my music to be heard by more people. All right. How are people listening to music? Is it Spotify? Like when you know hardcore what you want, you can just put together a slightly altered plan to do it, you know? And then it's just a matter of going, okay, one of the things of playing live to 50 plus people isn't available for the next six months. Just don't even think about it. Take it off. Yeah, yeah, I word like there's I think the key word to all this is improvisation. There's got to be improvisation. You've got to think outside the box. Um, you've got to think to yourself, like you said, the reasons why you're doing it. Um, where I was kind of going with the park show stuff was more as an avenue to uh, expose yourself to people that just want to get involved in something live that is low risk. I mean, you're not paying anything to do it. You know, you're literally rocking up to a park. This is if you're, you know, uh, you can do it as an acoustic act. You're rocking up to a park with an acoustic guitar playing through, you know, a little portable lamp and, um, you know, and then selling merchandise afterwards to continue to make money. Um, you know, so 
I mean, like I said, like back in the day, I watched guys like DC, Forever Ends Here. Forever Ends Here, man, like they would do an acoustic show slash meet and greet at a park. And I'm not kidding you when I say these kids were pulling 900 to 1,000 kids to a park. It was nuts because I was doing like I was coordinating, you know, the meet and greets and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they'd walk up, they'd get their picture with the band. Um, they'd buy an item of merchandise and they were making way more money doing park shows than what they were going on a tour. Um, I think the, the difference was the tour is obviously giving you credible kind of exposure. Like people are saying, oh, Forever Ends Here are touring with real friends or as it is and stuff like that. But they wouldn't sell as much merch at those shows as what they were at the park. So it was definitely interesting. I think um, mm. a big point to to the the point that both of you guys have made is is being smart about your choices and being smart and thinking ahead of what you're planning on doing to get you to or either the same level that you were at or to try and keep it moving forward and and getting you closer to the goals because if you don't do if you don't have a plan if you if you're just going haphazard about it then you won't be able to pull off those sorts of numbers that you're explaining you won't be able to um get the outcome that you you haven't even thought about really you know it's like well yeah you don't you don't get the outcome that you want because you're not really you're not asking the right questions and you're not um, sure so of what speak. you're not sure of what the outcome is you're not sure of what the outcome is I just want to touch back on what coach was saying before, because there's about to be a cool point there um, of playing live, like what playing live does, like, although yes, there is all the other ways to keep doing it, but playing live also is just the fucking biggest separator. Like, and that'll come like, there'll be plenty of bands who fucking do all the online shit. Great. And fucking playlists. And they get all these awesome numbers and then they go to play live and you watch them in that first fucking Thursday back when you go to laundry bar or something and you're like, wow, you fucking suck. Um, but, not obviously like that, but it's like, well, there's a difference in, okay, when you watch, I'm like, you watch fucking Baker's Eddie. The first time I watched them and Stu told me to watch them out, you walk out going, holy fuck. Like there's more to that than on paper and numbers and all that stuff. So it's a combination of both. And obviously once things get back going again, or there can be shows that will be, you know, that will clean things out, so to speak. Um, but for now, just like I look at it as, just play the fucking the online game. There's plenty, all, plenty of people are listening to music. There's plenty of industry heads still listening to music. Get all the people, yeah. Find way other unique ways for people to listen to your tunes. You know, it doesn't just have to be oh man, you playing. If you think people think about like oh, we lost playing live shows, so how do we recreate that live? It's like you, you don't really want to just look. All right, sweet, it's sweet. It's just around streaming or playing live. Like go like how have other people adapted? Like is there DJs who are doing um, you know, house party stuff or um, DJs that are doing virtual clubs or whatever it is, get them playing your tracks, like find other ways um, for your music to be heard. Yeah. Something yeah. like, like that, like, like Twitch streaming or something like that. I know yeah. I've been seeing like uh, um, some DJs doing um, some streaming stuff. Um, why not have them play your music in the background? Like, I think there's certain regulations Even around that sort of stuff, but that's just, it's just about thinking outside of the box and being like, okay, what different avenues can I try and get my music heard by people that wouldn't normally hear it? Yep. Absolutely. Definitely. And I think, um, like I said, like all the advice I've been giving to bands um, has been, you know, release online content, get yourselves heard in places that you may have not um, explored before. 
um, to audiences that don't know you. Absolutely. Um, I think it's more so where I was going with um, the, the park shows and stuff like that is when things do open up to a certain like capacity again is um you know there there is i mean i'm i'm hearing from people left right and center like people already you know people already dying for some sort of interaction i was talking about this with my housemates last night and um you know there's there's still what's the word like you you can't uh you can't get a online experience uh, had it sorry you can't get the same experience online as what you do when you go to a live show there's so many factors at a live show that contribute to the special kind of um feeling that you get when you go there you know what i mean like the fact that you know you've let's talk you know mosh pits for example just that energy that comes out of the mosh pit even if you're standing at the back of the room you can still feel that and that connection with you and the artist in the same room and just things like that i think that you know people are going to be looking to a degree are going to be looking for or clutching at whatever they can to kind of feel that again because you know you can't as much as we do the online stuff and all of that, you know, the, you still can't put, it doesn't do the same thing as when you're in a room, you know, yeah. or in the same place, you know? So I think, you know, there is um, going to have to be some sort of improvisation around the live kind of front and there will be a demand for it and people will kind of uh, go, okay, yeah, this is not what I'm used to, but it's something. And I don't think that that's going to be the online stuff because when this all kicked off, like I'm talking as in online shows. Um, when all this kicked off, everybody was all like, oh yeah, we're gonna do online shows, we're gonna do online shows. And a few bands did it and it didn't really take off. And I think it's because you can't get that energy from across the screen. You're just not gonna get it. And people picked up on that very quickly. The drive-in shows, for example, that we saw happening, um, you know, Live Nation ended up pulling all of those, you know, why? Because yeah, for the first few people were like, hell yeah, it's something. But then being inside a car, not hearing it directly from, you know, the speakers and having to dial it in or, you know, do it digitally via your mobile phone or whatnot and stuff like that. It still wasn't the same experience and people just didn't connect with it. Um, and so, you know, that dwindled off. But um, I don't know if you guys saw the punk rock show that they did the other day where it was all seated and it was in its little cubicles. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I think that was in, in England, in Newcastle in England. Yeah, yeah, that's right, it was. Yeah, yeah. what do you guys think of that? Yeah, it's, it's something. I think it's pretty cool. It's, kind of, it's, it's, it's another type of experience. It's, it's slightly different to, like you said, being in a, a sea full of people. Um, you know, you're segregated, which is kind of odd. Um, but you know, there's, there's still the interaction that you can have with a small group of people, you know, you can have food there, you can have, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like going to a drive-in movie, but kind of different to me. I don't know. There's something about it. There's something cool about it. I think it's better than nothing. Um, but it's, again, it's not like being surrounded by, you know, thousands of people. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think, um, and that's where, you know, uh, the, I, I also do think there'll be an element of, um, you know, uh, the DIY punk rock kind of ethic that 
comes back into this, you know, house party shows and, um, you know, things like that, that are kind of a little bit more under the table, I guess you could say. Um, oh, yeah. You know? it definitely gives, there's definitely great opportunity for um, underground shit to start again. I mean, Stu's already mentioned that he wants to start throwing underground raves, curfew nah. raves, he was calling them. Um, <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> but I mean, it's a, I mean, I mean, not that I endorse it, uh, but like, it's a perfect time for it because they're, you're not allowed to do it. So it's like, people want to crave it. Like, like you said, people always want that, um, that connection that from live shows, you know, and I think it's, yeah. So the, if you can pull it off, it's a great time to curate um, a bit of a culture. But I think, yeah, it is recognizing it's not going to be the same for the next six to eight months. Um, yeah, well, or potentially. Be, be, whether it's a watered down version of it, um, such as that, like we spaced out, there'll be some altered version um, as we, I guess, progress. Yeah, and potentially like, you know, whether things are, because, you know, whenever things go down, the entrepreneurs are the ones that come back in and um you know whether this you know how you say it like whether this comes back to what we know or whether it's a whole new system that's kind of built up together or a blend of new and old and all of that i don't me personally um and not in a grim way but i don't see it going back to what it was rather than moving forwards to something else what that is i don't actually know I think, um, I, think the, I think it'll yeah. take a little bit of time um, for people to get comfortable with, uh, you know, wanting to be surrounded by people. Everyone's different. I'm sure like some people give a shit and some people don't. Some people will be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm keen to just get mm. in a fucking pit and go nuts and stuff like that. So, <laughs> um, but I think there will, on the whole, it'll take a bit of time for people to get comfortable and comfort mm. is a big, is a big thing about a, for a lot of people to, to go out you know, people wouldn't go to a club because they feel uncomfortable with loud music. People don't go to parties because they don't like socializing. Comfort is a big reason for people to want to go out and see, see gigs. So I think, um, mm. yeah, I think there's a, there's something in that, that the promoters and stuff have to think about and it, yeah, yeah. To, for people to want to really step outside of their comfort zone and go for it. That's a really, yeah. really interesting point there, Stewie. Thanks. True, 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 true. The, yeah, the comfort zone thing's definitely a great point. Um, I think, yeah, that, yeah, it's going to, like I said, like with when I've been talking to bands, I'm like, look, I don't really have any official kind of answers, but to me, it's always the youngsters that kind of dictate what is going to happen. I mean, if we look what happened with, you know, TikTok and Twitch, you know, that wasn't, 30 year old men you know going oh yeah this is going to be the way the music industry worked it wasn't it was the 15 year olds going okay what platforms have we got and they would just you know overnight turn it on its head i mean was it post malone that pretty much in a space of like three days generated millions from twitch or something like that he just like overnight was like okay cool this is what it is now and completely was it post malone I'm not sure about that one. I think Post Malone yeah, sure. used SoundCloud. I mean, those like people, artists have been using um, Twitch and yeah, TikTok for a, a minute. TikTok just got hot um, in Australia it, super recently. 
Um, but I mean, we like Twitch, we, we were talking about Twitch of the studios, um, getting it down there ages ago with Davey at yeah. the very start. Yeah. So it's always, it's the sort of thing, like all of these platforms, what they had this huge, huge groups of people gathering together to look at shit. Um, and as soon as you have an audience that big, like anyone who wants attention for things, whether that's music, art, your job, whatever you do, your blog, your fucking hobby, your podcast, like it makes sense for you to be in that sphere once it gets big enough. Yeah. So on, I think, um, do it. I think keeping an eye on where the trends are, even if they only last for a short period of time, if you can get something out of that attention that is on a specific platform at a specific time, then it's always important to invest a bit of time into that. And, and even if you don't, you pick up the skills of that platform. Like you become better at talking to first person into the camera. If you fucking suck at that and then you tried it on fucking TikTok and then if TikTok dies in a year and you're like, oh, what a waste of time. But then the next platform that comes on that's fucking is TikTok 2.0. You're like, oh, I, I remember it because I used it. I've fucking done all this shit it's before. Exactly with the camera. I played with this stuff. Exactly. Oh, and it's continuing to happen. It's the same shit. Yep. Like, and totally. Totally. Yeah. It's so like, it's going to be interesting with TikTok as well, because I mean, they're talking about uh, banning it um, due to, I mean, I know some, some countries in the world have already banned it. Apparently there's a shit ton of information that can be extracted off there more so than other platforms. And apparently it can be dangerous. I'm not sure. I haven't looked enough into it, but I did see some headlines about it. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see whether uh, the Australian government pulls TikTok all together. And I don't know if you guys got that message yesterday on YouTube about, um, about, yeah. did you guys get that? Yeah. Yeah. I got that. Yep. How so, they're, they're trying that, to favor news companies, um, showing news companies stuff first, which pisses me off because I like, I love YouTube. Like I watch a lot of YouTube. I, I watch a lot of tutorials. I watch a lot of like, you know, music industry type of stuff. And since COVID happened, they've made the news be on your front page, which to mm. me, like I, I, I don't care about the news. I don't want to see those sorts yeah. of headlines on a regular basis. It does my head in. So to me, mm. it's already, um, they've already done that to a degree. So who knows? Yeah. But again, it's about what you choose to watch. If you choose to ignore it, then ignore it, you know? So, but yeah, the, the, the powers that these um, online companies have to dictate what you see is already out of control. Like it's, it's ridiculous, but you know, you have a choice to use it or to not use it. So. And in the wake of, you know, I, um, I said this on a friend of mine's status yesterday. I'm like, you know, whenever, you know, if we learn anything from, you know, the demise of MySpace, it's whenever, you know, one platform comes down, another one comes up and people shift, you know, and, um, you know, so if YouTube decides to go down that path, well, something else will come up where, you know. Um... Oh, I mean, I mean, Spotify, here's one for you, Stewie. Here's one for the fucking vault. This is me predicting fucking Spotify taking their huge shot at fucking YouTube because they just pulled Rogan. So they're going to have a huge fucking video viewership go over to Spotify. If Spotify's smart, they'll develop fucking videos in their app so that musicians can put your music videos there. It's another place for online creators to go to monetize video. Apple Music tried clever. that. Apple Music tried that about three, four years ago. 
and yeah, it, Apple and sucks they, these days, yeah. though, my friend. I, I, Spotify I, has a hey, Spotify has a chance. I agree. I agree. They, not just musicians, all video creators. So all yep. people that are monetizing video content, streamers, gamers, they should be going through Spotify. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I think um, for today we're we're coming up to running out of time, so we will be back um, next week. Yeah, it's um, a, it says the time in the top corner, Stu. Says yep. remaining meeting time. That's why I've brought it up. Um, yeah, so <laughs> fucking smart ass. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, we will be back next week. Um, please leave us a comment if you like what we do. Give us some suggestions. What do you want us to talk shit about? Um, we'll be here to to read all your commentary about this episode. So, yeah, let us know. Awesome. Thanks for your ta- time, guys. A pleasure. Cheers, guys. Thank Thanks you. for listening. Um, yeah, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.